Hello, I'm Adam and welcome to Tales from the Potting Bench, a gardening podcast where you'll hear tales and stories from the most interesting and different people from the world of both indoor and outdoor gardening. This is the whopping fifth season of the podcast with new guests and brand new stories and conversations with people you will definitely know and some you'll come to know. I'm thrilled to say that this podcast is proudly sponsored by the wonderful people at PlantGrow, producers of award-winning organic compost, mulch and fertiliser made with zero chemicals. Great for your garden and even greater for the planet. And I know because it's all I use on my garden. Don't forget, if you use the code pottingbench on plantgrow.co.uk, you'll get 10% off your order. Before we get into this week's episode, I'd like to ask, if you listen to this podcast and enjoy it, then please consider rating and leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. It's easy to do, takes a few minutes of your time, but it helps this podcast get into the ears of more like-minded, plenty people. In this episode, I'm joined by someone that I'm sure you'll all know from their insanely gorgeous garden that you'll have seen on Instagram and Gardener's World. This walled garden is one of the most Instagrammable green spaces that I've ever had the look of being in and staying at. I am, of course, talking about the laundry garden, and this week I'm joined by one half of the couple behind it, Jenny Williams. We of course discuss the origins of the garden, the hard work put into bringing it to where it is now, and much more. So... For anyone who is not familiar with you right now, who are you and what is it that you do? Okay, so my name is Jenny Williams and I have an Instagram account called The Laundry Garden. And I, although I suppose people class me as a gardener, I don't feel like a gardener. I just, I own a garden. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My husband and I have an acre wall garden and we live in the Vale of Clwyd in northeast Wales a beautiful part of the world if anyone's been there and we uh, I'm a hairdresser by trade and my husband's a builder and we came and lived here approximately 15 years ago and decided to take the ball by the horns and create a beautiful garden lovely so it is a beautiful garden we're going to get into the the facets of the garden but what 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 prompted you to want to create such a beautiful garden, which it is a beautiful garden. And obviously this is an audio podcast, so I can't show you anything. But for anyone that doesn't follow your gorgeous Instagram account, it's one of those accounts that pops up when I see a new post or a new story that I have to watch instantly. I know it's going to be like some sort of nugget of joy from your garden. But before this was even a thing, how did it become a thing and why did you why did you want to create this this kind of gorgeous space? Well, I like to see beautiful gardens and to have my own beautiful garden is is something that I've always wanted to do. Yeah. I can't decide if it's be it's in my blood or not, but when when Tom and I met, we instantly talked gardening and realized there was a strong connection of um the love of having a nice garden and a beautiful space outside to look out onto. So I suppose it morphs on from that, really. And two minds that love the same thing can only make great things. Yeah, I think. that's that's very true. So it's an, did you say it's an acre? The walled garden itself is an acre. And then we've got approximately you know an, an acre and a bit beyond that as well. Mm. So could you, for anyone that hasn't seen it, could you just describe the wall, the walled portion of the garden? So the 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 walls for the garden date back to the late 1770s. So it's a Georgian um, era 
and as as is our house so our house is used to be the old laundry and dairy to the main hall next door which has been in tom's family he's the fifth generation so he inherited the old laundry and some the coach house and outbuildings and some land when he was 18 and just kept it ticking over because there were tenants in our house at the time and then he met me and i'm cutting a very long story short here so he met (laughs) He'd already, we started to create a garden up uh, where he was living at the time, which was sort of a little two up, two down cottage. And we we lovingly created a nice little cottagey garden there. So when we came down here and this house became vacant because it was tenanted at the time and um, it then became empty, we then decided to make it into a family home. But because it's a listed building, we had to wait for planning permission. And we just thought, you know what, let's start the garden. Let's mm. let's start the immediate garden as you look out onto it at the front of the house. So we stood inside the house and we got an envelope out, as you do, on the mm. back of an envelope and just made some sketches on what we wanted to look out onto and, and started digging and creating a garden from, from nothing. So what were, I was just going to say from you've said from nothing, but what so you'd got the walls? Was there anything in 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 place within the walls at all? Uh, the, the previous tenants that were in here had a, some some sort of little garden. You know, the the chap that was in the lower flat downstairs, uh, he was in his nineties when he passed away, and so you know it was looking a bit run down. So we just rid of it and started afresh. And Tom's a builder, uh, landscaper anyway, so that's quite handy. Very handy. <laughs> so, what was the first thing that you did within that within that space? Because yeah. it's such a blank blank canvas. It's such a it's well, it's not daunting as such, is it? But you almost don't know what to do, do you? Well, the main front of the garden of the of the house was sort of quite a manageable size for mm. us, and the walls as well. You sort of have a ready made space to play with, and it's a case of play, playing with shapes and. Uh, different shrubs and trees and sort of painting a picture I think that's the the best way to describe it and so the hard landscaping was probably the first thing we did so we sort of carved out the oval lawns and we knew we wanted to divide the garden because it sort of was it sort of went back quite a bit and we decided to have a terrace at the front of the house which went in last and then a step up because the garden sloped up so we terraced it and we put two oval lawns in with a beach hedge around each one, sort of like a half hedge. So that sort of divided the space. So we knew ultimately that we'd have a nice division that would sort of slow the eye down and tease the eye to want to go further into the garden. And I'd always wanted a lime avenue because I don't know if you've been to Arley Hall in Cheshire. No, I haven't. The first time we went there, I saw this magnificent Lime Avenue, huge. I mean, it's a stately home there, but we're not quite on that level here. But I wanted my own little mini Lime Avenue here. And the guard, the sort of the area next to the main house garden was just perfect for that because it led to the house. So that was another thing that we put in ourselves as well. So we brought in some lime trees and they were sort of they call them whips so that you can sort of strip off the back and the front and then train the side laterals into um into a a pleached effect mm-hmm. and we steel frameworks and did everything from from nothing really and 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 
played with shapes and sizes and different leaf colors and different you know it's 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 just a playful thing i think designing a garden and making a garden it's, God, uh, yeah. yeah yeah when did you start it what what when it's so from from like the the kind of the the year zero of the garden when was that 2008 the lime trees went in that was probably one of the big major first projects we did. And have you, did you have a kind of a, I know you did, you kind of say about this joke, right? Well, not a joke, but this image on the back of an envelope. How did you, did you stick to that quite rigidly or did you end up straying as you went along or? The hard landscaping we stuck to because that's, that's there. I think the house garden, we've, we've stuck to the, we've stuck to it mostly but we put the we put the bones in so your hedging your trees you, your your main structures that that needed time to mature and then filling in the gaps like the beds and the borders you know some things went in later some things didn't but we we planted the lime avenue with a knowing that we would come we would revisit it because it was we left it all graveled so it's literally just the avenue of trees and then everything else remained just plain gravel so it did look quite boring I suppose for quite a while mm. until trees it took about five years for the trees to really knit together and then we took the framework down and then I was able to plant underneath them which started to make it look a little bit more interesting but it never felt 100% right because we knew we wanted to do something else to make that area feel a bit more um a bit more meaningful and a little bit greener so we knew we wanted to put a lawn there so last year we then bit the bullet and felt that the time was right to put a pathway in and put lawns either side and really bring a, a better dimension to the area and a bit more of a feel about it. So the trees by then were quite well established and they had a real presence about them. So we just needed to add to that by putting a pathway down the middle and a lawn area and to sort of finish it off. And, you know, it very, it feels very monastic, as people have said when they walk down it. Monastic. A, not a word. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time the word monastic has probably been used on this podcast. <laughs> you get a big tick there so the the lime tree what was it about the lime trees that you'd seen that you absolutely had to have those because that sounds like a, a thing that you saw and you were like I've got that's that's got to happen I love trees that lead you somewhere yeah. it doesn't anywhere in particular it could be a statue I mean ours sort of lead you to the wall garden one way and they lead you back to the house the other so there's sort of they become a connecting area to two parts of the garden hmm. it's also a very calming space I think when you manipulate trees like a pleaching effect it, it sort of adds quite a, a real dimension to the area and a real lovely feel I, I, it's hard to describe but uh, I think the connection with that between the two areas is quite is quite predominant how long is that the the how many trees are there within that there are i think there are six either side so mm. 12 um so one thing that you showed me quite recently was some amazing drone footage of the garden which i just gives just gives such a ridiculously different perspective of it it's gorgeous isn't it mm, yeah yeah, the, it's the beauty of, of drones is that it really shows off the scale. What we've done here, and I think even for us, when we look at any drone footage, it sends, it puts goosebumps on my arms and it makes me feel quite emotional. When I showed you that video, yeah. 
whenever I play it back as well, I feel like crying. I know that, that probably sounds ridiculous. Not at but all, no. It's almost like a, a pride, a proud feeling. It's, it, you know, my son came to the end of his school. You know, he finished his A-levels and had his leavers thing on Saturday. And just watching him finishing school. And then it's sort of, it's a similar feeling to that because you sort of look at your child and think, I raised you. I, you know, I, yeah. and then the garden from a drone footage has exactly that's the only way I can identify that feeling it gives me it's sort of like I planted you I've watched you grow and now you're flourishing oh I'm getting all emotional oh gosh this is gonna be the first crying on the podcast as well got the word monastic in and nearly cried as well gosh I think I I know exactly what you mean though because I think when you look at your I'm looking now at my garden and I can't see all of it and you don't you don't ever really see all of your garden. You only see a snippet of it or the, the snapshot that you're looking at at that moment. But what a drone shot does is obviously gives you the ability to see it on a on the whole scale, essentially, isn't it? And you're seeing that you, you haven't got any of that footage from before. That's the shame, isn't it? It'd be lovely to have, to have that drone footage. What you need to do is strip the garden and then <laughs> and then rebuild it. But how incredible, I mean, that would have, for you to go from seeing that footage from before to after from a drone shot, I think that would have just, that would have, that would that have blown. <laughs> completely blown you away. It is such, such a gorgeous, a gorgeous space. But it's not just the wall bit, obviously. There's the, what do you call the other bit? The home garden. We just call the it the house. Garden. Yeah. And what is, and what is that? What What's the, what's kind of the layout of that? And what have you got? What's the style of that? I suppose the whole, the whole of the garden is sort of, it it's um it's formally laid out i suppose but then there's a romanticized planting that goes on within it i'm i don't stake very much purely because i'm rubbish at at, at staking i think we all get to april and start panicking and yeah. and then the garden runs away with you and you think oh i didn't stake that oh my goodness <laughs> and then you get to this time of year and everything starts to flop and and then you think well, actually, that doesn't look too bad. Yeah. Or you quickly shove a stake in front of it and hope for the best. Hope for the best, yeah. I think, you know, I think I'm the sort of, it's the sort of garden that just, it's a realistic garden and a relatable garden. A lot of people that visited here have sort of, sort of said it's a relatable garden. But the style of it, like you asked me originally, is formalised cottage style garden it's very mixed i can't put my finger on it i'm sure i'll come up with a with a good description of it (laughs) yeah how is it described on it must be described on the website how is how have you summed it up on there do you know what i think i should pull up one of the ngs booklets on how we've described it but it's yeah it's sort of a formal cottage style and there's a slight italian feel to some Mm. parts as well um that intentional um tom likes verticals so obviously Mm. he doing his manipulation of trees you know you're pleaching and you've got the tabletop canopy and you know he likes clipping hedges and things like that but at the same time when we put the pillars up for the seating area on the west walk inside the wall garden we then decided to put some um cypresses in and then suddenly it did have that italian feeling without us trying too hard and i think i think a garden is a reflection of you as a person so I think if you can describe the garden as yourself and not as a style, that's probably a better descriptive form of it, really. 
it's that it's that inner personality that comes out in your flair and your planting and your style so I think it's in the same way that if you were um you know when I say an artist I mean a, a conventional a painter or a sculptor or whatever that's that's also a reflection of you in some way not just in an artistic style it's it's reflecting something of you isn't it yes absolutely I think that's the whole thing with with gardens and that's probably why not every garden's appeals to everybody and I've I've sort of got over that now I think when we originally started the garden you sometimes start it with a planting in mind or you're copying something or you're doing something because that looks really nice there and then it starts to morph into something else that actually you prefer that that feels right for you and also works in the garden as well so the garden sort of dictates a little bit a bit of what you can and can't grow too yeah yeah totally agree the wonderfully unique thing about yours as well is that you can obviously stay there as well so for anyone that's not seen that tell us about the accommodation well about five years ago we we had a tour group here and the lady came prior to that so when you have these tour groups they always come do a bit of a recce of the garden and this lady came and I showed around the garden and then she walked towards (laughs) the area that I do the sunrises and she said do you show people this this is incredible and I said no I don't she said this is this should be a part of your garden and I thought she's right I thought what a numpty why have I not you know why aren't we capitalizing on this why you know our house does not face the view unfortunately which is why we've created a garden to to look at Mm. and we've got this Cluidine range view that's just quite insane I mean it probably was more than five years ago actually so Tom and I got our heads together and we actually thought you know this would make an incredible place if we were to put accommodation looking out onto that view I mean what a thing to wake up to what what a place to sit and just enjoy I mean if we could build a house there we'd actually build a house there and look out onto it ourselves but we couldn't (laughs) because listed property area so it it wasn't going to happen but but to put a holiday accommodation there just felt right so we did lots of research and played with lots of different ideas and Tom came about a company called Rotunda and they they are these absolutely stunning timber framed roundhouses that just felt very right for there very organic looking and we just thought well just two would be really nice so we got planning permission for them and we put the first one in and it seemed to go okay so within a year we put the second one in and yeah it's uh, we've stayed in both of them yeah. <laughs> <Didn't want to. laughs> you had to of course though right you need to yeah. wake up to that view yeah yeah definitely and they've and we've gone high end we've gone quite luxurious we we wanted we wanted to create something that we'd stay in ourselves yeah. and you know tom's not the sort of person that likes to go camping and he's not going to rough it in a tent no. he's not Rough it in a tent, so yeah. so so they've got underfloor heating. They've got a beautiful veranda deck. They're beautifully furnished, and um, you know, a very comfortable bed. Very important, very comfortable bed. And the and obviously the windows to the roundhouses look out onto the views. And it's mm. um, just wanted mm. it to be this just the, the perfect place to retreat to and switch off. Yeah. I think I, I've seen the stuff that you shared from it. And it's just, I get so oh, jealous isn't the word, but I just, I think I ab- absolutely need to come and stay there, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, 
are they so that that wasn't an initial plan obviously when you when you started doing the garden that was something that kind of came along what are you planning on adding any more of those or is that is that the kind of the capacity for those no I think two's enough we don't really want a village of them I think the peace and quiet would diminish if you start putting a village there and you know it's it would become too much and I think to have two and when you have two people staying in each of them at any one time you know they have their own space and they also get the freedom of walking around our garden the whole time they're staying here at any at any time they like which is the added bonus I suppose so I think that adds to the charm of it so you've just got that nice peacefulness mm. and uh just a nice quiet place to be idyllic idyllic if anyone uh, doesn't follow you or doesn't know where they can find out more about you and the accommodation and stuff how, where do they find find this out Jenna? So our website is The Laundry Retreat, so www.laundryretreat.co.uk and you'll be able to find everything out you need to know about our accommodation. My Instagram handle is also at the bottom of the website so you can click on that and see my Instagram page which is the la- at The Laundry Garden. So if you want to just have a total bit of escapism, it's all as positive as it can be, no yeah. negative. I don't do negativity. Negativity yeah. can stay where it is. Yeah. So yeah, I'd just like to post the the joy I feel being yeah. here, what we've created in the garden and what's out there beyond, because we're so lucky and blessed to have a view that we have, which oddly I never appreciated when we first came here. And I don't know why, annoyingly, but it's but I think that's that's life for you, isn't it? I think you uh I think the older you get, you develop a more of a sense of grounding of where you are and you you learn to appreciate what's surrounding you. And the more, interestingly, the more I show people what's here and, and do a lot on my Instagram, it actually embeds in me as well. And I seek out more things and it sort of benefits me and benefits everyone else. So it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. You know, yeah. it's a re- it has a good knock-on effect from both sides. Yeah, it does. Well, it is absolutely gorgeous. And the, the Instagram account is incredible. So if anyone that isn't already following, um, then then please do. It's come to that time in the podcast where I've got three difficult questions for you. Some of the most hard-hitting questions that you've ever been asked in your life. Hit me with them. <laughs> I'm only joking slightly. Um, so the first one, if you were to start the garden from scratch again, where would you start or what would you change? I wouldn't change anything. I would not change a thing. I think there's no point in having regrets. I think if something's not right, you learn from it and move on and continue. And and just sometimes things would, you can tweak things though. You know, I don't, things happen for a reason. I'm a big believer in that. So mm. if something's wrong, you gain from it and you grow from it. So no, I wouldn't change a thing. I'm very happy with the way everything has progressed slowly i'm glad we didn't have lots of money when we started the garden because i may have raced ahead and done too much too fast and then had disappointing moments where i probably would have lost a lot of things so no i i'm quite content in and how things have gone that's perfectly fine perfectly fine i'm not going to press you um the second question what is your favorite scent in the garden or in any other garden my favourite scent in the garden is the scent after it's rained. Petrichor. Yes. Yeah. What is you it can... about that that we all love? What is it? It's a you you can't 
it's there's no other smell like it you know and summer rain if I could bottle that smell I could be a millionaire <laughs> I I honestly it just I could sit and and it's sort of it's like this rising from the ground isn't it it's not just the smell it's the whole atmospheric feel you get from it as well as you know you can almost hear everything going oh yes <laughs> you know it's it's this it's a similar um it's not the smell but it's the similar sensation that when you've had a really hard frost and a gloriously sunny morning and you can see that like rising mist from the from the grass it's the similar fit do you know that this is ridiculous but when I went literally when I went like that I could feel goosebumps on my <laughs> neck because I can see it on our fence from the kitchen window when it's sunny after a frost and you can just see it rising slightly yeah gorgeous isn't it an amalgamation of everything throwing out a scent at the same time and it all becoming one added mm. essence rain to it as well it's it's something else it really is so there's everything, my isn't it? okay yeah. good and the final question this is quite a tough question i think um why does your garden bring you such joy why does my garden bring me such joy it doesn't answer me back it it's never ending it's there's there's no beginning and there's no end and it brings me joy because of that it doesn't it doesn't answer to anything it just gets on with it and you don't have to I don't ask anything of it it's because it just keeps giving it it no matter when you know winter spring summer and autumn it's just something that just keeps on giving without asking for anything in return If you'd like to see the garden for yourself online, then do check them out on Instagram at The Laundry Garden. And also, if you'd like to stay there, then you can take a look at the Instagram page, the underscore laundry underscore retreat. Join me again next week where I'll be joined by another fantastic planty guest. Until then, you can follow me on Instagram at View from the Potting Bench to see what I'm up to in my garden, or visit View from the Potting Bench to read my blog and much more.